When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Welcome to the Family Brain with your host, Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Hi, and thanks for joining me on the Family Brain. I am Megan Gibson, and today we are going to do something a little different which kind of freaks me out, but I think I can do this. We can do hard things, right? Um, I actually just posted my first Facebook Live on our Facebook group, The Family Brain, and I felt like a super dork, but I did it, and it's fine. So I'm going to do this, and it'll be fun. So this episode, instead of talking to someone else, it's just going to be me talking. And what I've done is I have taken some questions from our listeners, and I'm going to address one of those questions today. And my reason for doing this is that sometimes it can be difficult to get resources or information for something you might personally be going through. And I figured I don't have all the answers, but I have talked to a lot of people about different things, and I have a lot of resources that I'm familiar with, so I might be able to be of help. Um, One of the things that I just want to put out there is that this podcast is not a replacement for any kind of medical consultation or therapy. Um, It's really important that if you are dealing with something personally, that you make sure you check in with your doctor or check in with a therapist. And I know that's not always easy, but what's pretty cool is that now with technology, there are lots of ways to um, get access online There is a group called Talkspace where you can get therapy and betterhelp.com is another resource. Um, What's nice about that is that you don't have to be in an office. You can do it from the comfort of your home. And um, it's not always easy when you're not feeling that great to get out the door. And then I also know that there's some places where um, these kinds of resources just don't exist. You know, if you're in a big city, there might be a lot of different options in terms of care. But in smaller towns or in some rural, 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 that's a hard word, rural environments, um, it's just not as much of an option. So make sure that if you're going through something, you consult with a therapist or a doctor. And, um, you know, I can cover things in general, but I don't know what's going on specifically for you. So just keep that in mind as you're listening. 
Um, so the question we got from a listener is, how do we prevent children, teenagers specifically, from being hurt by a divorce? And um, I think this is something a lot of people go through. I actually did some crowdsourcing with friends and people I know just to find out what advice they have for this circumstance. And first, I'll sort of say what first came to my mind when I read this is divorce, like a lot of things in life, causes grief. And I think that there will be a grieving process and grief hurts. So I I think that avoiding hurt might be the wrong path. I think that maybe what do we do with the hurt we're feeling, the disappointment, the anger, the sadness, whatever the circumstances are, both with ourselves and with our children. Um, So I think first identifying and working on what you're going through personally, whether it be with a friend or a counselor, and really being clear on what messages you're sending personally, and then also recognizing your child will also be going through their own grief. And it might look different from yours. You might be sad. They might be angry. They might be pissed. They might be raging. Um, And sort of understanding that as a grief process instead of they're just trying to piss you off. Um, And I read this. It was really cute. I'll have to post it on our Instagram page. Um, But it was a little drawing And it was saying that grief is similar to love in that it's different for every person. And I think that's important to keep in mind when you're going through a divorce is that there's going to be grieving both with both of the parents and with the children. And it might look different for every single person in that group. And so being patient with yourself and with your children um, while you go through that process. Um, So that was my initial thought is that don't try to avoid the hurt. Sometimes when you avoid the hurt, you cause more damage than when you acknowledge the hurt and work with it. Um, Because if you're trying to avoid hurt or wish it away, it can be very minimizing for the child and for yourself. Um, And it can and it can feel like, okay, I'm not allowed to feel this way. Apparently, I'm not allowed to be upset that my parents aren't together anymore. Um, So that's that's my initial thought. And I think once you sort of acknowledge that harsh truth that there is going to be hurt, then you can sort of move forward. One of the things I'm realizing and sort of learning is that oftentimes these things, these hurts or grief, whether it be through divorce or loss or just disappointment or trauma, oftentimes these hurts are the things that change you in ways that are incredible that you would never have wished for. You never are going to say, oh, I really hope someone dies so that I can really understand life better or that I have a better perspective on things. Or, And it just seems like if you can take these hurts and these griefs, and in this instance, through a divorce, if you can take that and use it and know that your children can be stronger and have a better understanding as a result and a better understanding of themselves and how they work and how to manage grief. Um, I think that there is potential that it can be a beautiful thing and help your children and yourself grow in ways that you would not have imagined. Um, That's not to say that, again, you're going to wish for divorce or any kind of other sadness, 
but that there are ways that sadness can change you and make you a more empathetic person, make you a person who understands how you tick better, makes you understand how you have to take care of yourself and other people better. So I think that there can be in the midst of that pain or in the midst of that grief, there can be that potential that you're growing in a really special way. Um, and one of the things I do want to mention is I have gotten feedback like stay married and that that is the best thing for kids. And I think that that can be true. I mean, I think that there are amazing resources for marriage counseling and to try to repair the wounds in a marriage. Um, however, I also think that that's not always possible for people, whether it there be abuse or addiction or just constant arguing that is not healthy for anyone, um, including the children. And I think that no one is, is trying to be divorced. And so I guess step one is to try to nurture your marriage and, and get ahead of it so that divorce isn't something that's coming down the path for you. Having said that, I think that there are a number of circumstances where um, divorce is the healthiest thing for everyone. Um, I know a lot of faith communities just do not appreciate people getting divorced, which I can understand. Um, but I also think that in terms of health, and I, if I'm thinking about it for my own beliefs, I don't think that God wants us to live in misery or in abuse or in situations that aren't healthy for us or for our children. Um, so I think that if you are a part of a faith community that's encouraging you to stay with someone who is not safe for you or um, you know you've done the work to try and mend and it's not working, I would consider talking to a counselor about what's going on with you. And um, I'm not, I don't know, this is a, such a hard topic. I'm not trying to say, like, turn your back on your faith community. But I do think that that uh, faith communities have not always been the best about being direct when it, it's a dangerous situation. And um, there are dangerous situations out there. So um, keep that in mind. Um, one of the things that came up again and again from listeners is that co-parenting, the idea of, of parenting together, even though you are divorced is critical, you know, thinking that you're going to be divorced and then you're never going to have to deal with this person again is probably not going to happen. Um, so figuring out how to be kind to the other parent, talk positively about the other parent even if it's something that, and I would say, tell the truth. Don't say, oh, he's so generous. If he's not, you know, the kid's going to know, especially older children are going to know and call your bluff. But, you know, you could say, he's so good at making pancakes or he's really good at being on time or, you know, something that is true. And um, one of our listeners said that that was such a gift when her parents were getting divorced was hearing those kind things about the other person. Um and in many cases, the child is part of that other person. Those two people came together to make this child. And that when you're saying something negative about your ex, you're basically to the child saying something negative about them because that's a piece of them. 
So if you can remember that when you're talking about your ex, no matter how angry or hurt you are, um, and just remember that the child sort of internalizes that as a part of them. And the more positive and kind you can be about the other person, the more it will help the child. Um, The other thing that was mentioned was reminding the parents who is the adult and who is the child. It can be very easy to, when, when the entire family system is grieving because of this loss, it can be very easy to feel like you're the only show in town. You know, I'm the one getting divorced, not you. And why are you acting out or why are you screaming or crying or withdrawing? And I think it's important to remember that as the adult, the child did not ask for this and you are the adult in the circumstance, get whatever kind of support you can um, based on your resources and your and the availability that you have to get support for yourself so that you can be the strongest you can be for your children. Um, and it's not easy when, when you're going through a grief period, it is very easy to just feel like I I just can't parent like this is just too much. Um, but do what you can do, figure out how you can get the most support to show up as best you can for your kids because they need you to be strong. And that doesn't mean you have to lie. That doesn't mean you have to say, I'm fine. Everything's okay. But it just means that take care of yourself as well as you can and be honest about that process. You know, you can say something like, this is really hard for me too. I'm really sad, but I'm trying to get support in these areas and work through it. And by being a good model of taking care of yourself, hopefully the kids will learn from you in that respect. So one of the points that a listener brought up was that kids are on high alert during a period of divorce or kids are on high alert all the time. You think that they don't hear you when you say brush your teeth, but they hear, you know, the one little thing that you didn't want them to hear. So just keep that in mind when you're around your children, when you're talking on the phone, when you're sending texts that they can see, um, just keep in mind that they are paying attention. They're sort of looking for clues on extra high alert to tell them, to let them know if they're okay, you know? And I think um, one of the one of the points that someone made is that it's important to let the children know that you're a team. You know, your dad and I, we're a team. We have your back. We're working for your best interest. And I think that's beautiful. But the kids also need to see that in action. So you can say, we're working for your best interest. We're a team. But if you're cutting them down to your friends in front of your child, or if you're saying, you know, unkind words or basically minimizing them or breaking them down in front of your child, that that does a lot more than we're a team. You know, they need to see that as an example. So one of the things I found um, is a really good co-parenting resource. It's called uptoparents.org, and it does a lot of training around co-parenting better. Um, There's also some great podcasts out there about co-parenting. So look up co-parenting podcasts and there's a a ton of resources Um, because I think that that is a skill that is not easy. Parenting in general and co-parenting when you are married is hard enough. You know, people come from different backgrounds, different ways of seeing the world or how, how you think things should go. And 
it's hard when you're when you're married and it's hard when you're not married and it's just hard. So I think whatever resources you can get to help you sort of see where you're coming from and where you can maybe compromise, that's the word. If you can compromise and sort of just understand where you're coming from. I mean, I think that's the thing I'm realizing in so many instances in this and in divorce that if you have a better sense of the history the makeup that you're operating with, the better you can figure out why you're responding in certain ways to what someone else is doing. And you can't make them understand how they're operating. That's that's their work. That's not something you can be in charge of. And if anything, that that can make things worse, you know? So just owning your own stuff and knowing what you're showing up with, I think can help whether you're dealing with your ex or you're dealing with your kids whatever the circumstance and um, providing your, the other people around you with whatever tools you can, but owning your stuff first will make you stronger and make you a better model for other people. So one of the really good resources that I think can be an underused resource is school counselors. School counselors can be great resources to help point you in the right direction for things that are in your community to help support you and your family through a divorce or whatever you might be going through. There are some school counselors that are just overstressed. They have more on their plate than they can manage, but usually someone who signs up for to be a school counselor will have access to resources and just sort of know what is available in your community. So I think if you're looking for support for your family or for your kids, that might be a good place to start if, you, if you're just not sure where to go. Um, you can also talk to a primary care doctor to find out what kind of resources are in your area. Um, talk to a pastor or a faith leader in your area. Um, you can talk to a community leader to find out what sort of resources are available. And I think that that's the biggest thing is just making sure you don't isolate your family. Stay connected to the resources that are available to you. Stay connected to the people who maybe have gone through this before and that can give you advice or sort of normalize some of the things you're going through. And just be gentle with yourself to know that this will be a process and that there will be pain and to anticipate that and to not beat yourself up about the fact that it's hard and that it's it hurts. So I hope this has been helpful to the person who asked the question, and I hope I did justice to the people who filled me in on their own experiences. And I would love to hear your feedback about this episode and let me know if this is something you would like to hear more of. I love having people on, but I figured we'd give this a try too and see how it goes. Um, so thanks for listening today. And if you get a chance, I would love you to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. If you have trouble finding it, you go to the bottom of where all of the, um, episodes are listed and there's a little tab that says leave a review. It's not the easiest to find. So if you're having trouble, that makes sense. Um, and you can check us out on Instagram, family brain podcast and the family brain Facebook group. And that's, if you have any questions or topics that you would like to have addressed, you can um, send me a message, whether it be on Facebook, or you can send me an email through our website, which is familybrainpodcast.com. So thanks so much for listening. And thank you for your patience with me as I try something new. And I'm glad it's over. 
Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.